Friday, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernell-Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Alicia Priest, president of the OEA. Fried Okra is a weekly podcast where we get together to talk about public education issues in Oklahoma. We hope you'll join us every Friday. And we're joined this morning by a couple of newly minted, very fancy notary publics who also happen to be OEA members. Uh, good morning, Betty, Dave, Betty, I'm sorry, Betty Collins <laughs> from Union. Good morning. I'm doing well. Thank you. Good. And then we've got Heather Davis from Bartlesville. Hello. <laughs> Um, so we understand that that both of you guys uh, recently became notary publics uh, so that you could help people vote by absentee. Um, so let's start with you, Heather. What made you decide to do this? Um, there were a couple of factors. Um, one is my mom lives with us. She had a stroke about six years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, so to get her out is kind of a... It, it's kind of burdensome to, mm-hmm. to, to begin with on a good day, but then mm-hmm. during a pandemic, it was, it's just not advisable. So yeah. um, thinking of that and then thinking um, I'm on our district's pandemic team. So mm-hmm. I was hearing from teachers about how they, they and their compromised positions and compromised situations, it just was not advisable for them to be out at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, safe thing to do according to experts and um so we have a tendency to give those experts some credence in in our house so um i decided that i would do um notary so that i could go to specifically those people but then anybody else who needed it at their uh, you know on their doorstep and and take all the proper precautions that with all the ppe and um let them still be engaged in the electoral process that is awesome what about you, Betty? What made you decide that you were going to go through this process? Um, yeah, much along the same lines as Heather. Um, I My son is a cancer survivor, and so wow. I just have a big network of um, immune-compromised people yeah. in, that, I, that I know and I love. And uh, in a time when we should be making things easier, uh, making voting mm-hmm. easier, I feel like um, our state has not stepped up to that challenge. And so if the state is not going to do it, then um, somebody has to. So I felt that uh, I felt compelled to go ahead and get my notary so that way I could help um, get people, people's votes counted and make it just one less burden for them to have to go to a bank, go to a post office, wherever, um, much like Heather said, staying, being able to keep people safe, uh, especially those immune compromised people that, um, you know, just that they can't they can't get out to their polling place, and especially now when we're not even sure <laughs> where our polling places are going to be. Um, I just felt that it was uh, a good need, and it's something I can also use in the future with students. I teach at a, a high minority school, and sometimes our parents aren't really comfortable going to some of those other institutions. Mm-hmm. And if uh, I can make make that a little bit easier for them, then I'm happy to do that as well. Awesome. Well, what was the process like for you guys when you, I mean, you've got a paper, there's paperwork. How'd you do it? How did that magic happen? <laughs> well, the the application process is online now. So oh, okay. I, um, I just completed, completed my paperwork online. And then um, the very next day, we 
got re- or I did got response back. I also signed up my 18 year old daughter. Oh, that's well, awesome. So that, so that if I couldn't go and somebody needed me, surely she could go. Yeah. Um, but um, so we just did that online and we got um, confirmation the next day and then we ordered online and that's actually been the thing that's kept the longest. They had a snafu with our order and so then that postponed it by a week and so I'm still waiting on my stamp. It should be coming this week, they've promised. So fingers crossed. <laughs> Was it very expensive? Um, it's a $25 filing fee. Um, and then I think the stamp and bond were like somewhere around $45. Oh, that's, I didn't, Yeah, I had no, no scale for that. Yeah. I thought it was super expensive. Yeah. Two, $300. So Betty, have you gotten, no, 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 no. Betty, no, have you gotten no, your no, stamp yet? It's, yeah. I'm, we're, we're public under a hundred. Betty, have you gotten your stamp yet? Um, no, it is actually, I think should be ready for me to pick up. Um, the place that I ordered from had a local pickup option. Oh, cool. Uh, so I don't have to wait for shipping. So, um, I should be able to get it, I think, uh, this week. Awesome. Are you stamping everything? That's what, is that your plan when you guys get your stamps? Cause that's what I would do. I would notarize everything. It definitely, yeah, you feel kind of fancy. (laughs) Feel official. My mom, my mom was a notary when I was growing up. She worked for the um, the schools as well, and um, but she had the embosser, and that was really cool. (laughs) Fancy. And so when I was, yeah, so when I was ordering mine, I mean, there was a real draw to that embosser, twenty (laughs) dollars more, but there was a real draw there. So have you guys heard from people who are already like, will you sign my ballot? The only person that I've really been in communication with is actually my state representative because she can notarize during um, the primary. She doesn't have a primary candidate or a primary opponent rather. Um, But during the general election, she won't be able to do that. And so I actually made a, a Facebook comment and just said, Hey, I'll be your stand in notary. And she's, already reached out and was like, yeah, oh, that's, that's awesome. I mean, it works, it works out well in our neighborhood and, um, you know, yeah. So no, nobody really specific, but I'm definitely excited to work for her. So we've all yeah, seen, and, um, sorry, go ahead. Well, my state rep has said the same thing that he knows. Um, after the vote, we had a very long conversation and, um, I, I told him that I was going to get my notary and he was like well i will gladly pass on names of people who need it and i said yeah so he did check with me this week and said are you oh, ready awesome. to notarize and i said i don't have i don't have my stuff yet so i'm hoping that we can work in a partnership with with him to as he's you know talking to voters who are not going to be able to vote in person that yeah. we can work out a partnership work out a network of who's got their notary and that's awesome divide up the work that's Ab- all, yeah that's great absolutely so you've seen uh, probably that meme that's been going around Facebook. If you can stand in line for groceries, then you can stand in line to to vote. What? Yeah. What do you think about that? I Heather, I'll let you take that one. Don't hold back, Heather <laughs> Davis. Don't hold back. <laughs> I think it's a very narrow-minded form, not of patriotism, but of nationalism, that only the strong in America get a voice. And that's, um, it's really bothersome to me. The people that I have seen um, share it um, 
have a real, like, they are unapologetically um, in support of some of the most damaging policies that our national, our federal administration puts forth. And um, that's really bothersome to me that that is the state of our country. So I have actually, um, on a couple of them that I knew, one of them was shared by somebody whose husband I knew for a fact had to vote in mail because he needed assistance. And um, so I said, well, you know, this would take your husband out of getting to vote. And she's like, oh, I, 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 not not for those people. And I was like, but that's what you just said here. Um, and then somebody else is like, well, you know, uh, this is this is the way that we should work. If you can't vote, then you don't. If you can't get to the polls, then you don't get a voice. Oh, and I just okay. thought, wow, that is such a dangerous rhetoric in this day and time when when you know our the things coming out of Washington D.C. are designed to tear down the American people. Um, I, I it's just a scary, scary meme for me. <laughs> Right. I think about, you know, um, when we were growing up, there are four kids. Who would want to take four kids to a polling place and have to stand in line for possibly hours? I mean, we've seen in, in right. what was it, Georgia? Some of them were, were in line for f- more than four hours. Right. And they're yeah. right. And well, during, and, during you know, a yeah, during a primary, you know, we teachers can do that because we are off. But during a general election, yeah. like, who's going to watch our kids for four hours while we go stay right. in line? I mean, it's, I don't know, I watched Selma last night and just thinking about, you know, during this, I feel like we should just be making voting easier instead of making it more difficult, um, just in general. And there are so many other developed countries that, vote in much more sophisticated manners than the United States and, and give their, their citizens more options. Um, and so that's really what I was, my, you know, my goal was just to give people the option and to just like Heather said, you know, we, we shouldn't be using divisive rhetoric. We need to be coming together as a country um, now more than ever. And, and voting is our way of doing that. What um, what advice do you guys have for other members who are not fancy notaries about using a notary or finding somebody if they do want to vote absentee? Um, I think for one, you know, we are, for better or for worse, we are more connected now as a society than we ever have been. So if you are one of those members that you do not want to get out and vote find a notary because I, you know, it's interesting to me how many teachers have notaried up, you know, following Mm -hmm. that, um, that Senate bill. So find somebody who's willing to come to you because we, you know, we as teachers that kind of our unofficial motto is we get things done, whatever it takes, we'll do it. And, um, so I think that if they are struggling finding a notary, if they put it out on their social media or reach out through their association, we're going to find somebody that's willing to, to meet them where they need to and get their ballot notarized so that they can exercise their right. So I think that's the first thing you need to do. And then the second thing, if you're having trouble finding a notary, find somebody who's willing to become a notary. Um, and, you know, like, um, like in a small, you know, my in-laws are in a smaller town and I don't know what their notary situation is necessarily, but I, you know, I think that if they were to say, Hey, who wants to become a notary? I think somebody probably would. You could, you could figure Mm -hmm. that, figure that out and and get somebody for that, for that intent. You know, I don't 
I don't plan on necessarily advertising that I'll notarize anything for anybody, but <laughs> I, come voting time, I'm going to make it very clear that anybody who needs a ballot notarized and it's within my limits, I'm going to, I'm going to notarize you. <laughs> what are, what are the limits? Do you guys have a, is there a certain number that you can do? Typically it's 20, but um, during the pandemic you can apply for more. Oh, okay. And I, from what I understand, um, you, you can, um, like they're approving all the extended numbers mm-hmm. for everybody. Good. Yeah, that's what I, I, I read that somewhere too. So um, I don't know. I think I'll get my book that has all the instructions in it with my stamp and bond. So we'll see. Um, yeah, I mean, I've driven people to the polls before. So this is kind of my way of, yeah. you know, contributing to that. I know Heather has too. So, you know, we're, we're both um, just want, want to get, get the people out, want people to be able to vote, want people to be able to hear their you know, how feel like their voice is being heard and that they are just as much a part of America as everybody else. Absolutely. I remember um, several years back, I posted out on Facebook that if you've never voted before and you want somebody to go with you, I, I certainly would do that. And um, I took one of my former students and I think her aunt with her. And um, I, it's just, that's awesome. if you've never done it before, it can be a little bit nerve wracking. Yeah. And so I, I, I think that a whole lot of, you know, we, we talk about voter apathy because we don't have large numbers that show up at the poll, but I also think a whole lot of it is just intimidation, just from not that I, I have a pretty strong personality, so it didn't bother me to go vote for the first time, <laughs> but it certainly did, you know, bother the student. And I just remember we left and she was like, I still feel like somebody's going to come tell me I can't do this. Oh, and, um, yeah. So I, you know, I just think that there's a whole lot of that that goes on and whatever we can do to get them, get people to the polls and exercising their right, I think it's actually going to turn out for the best. And then the last question I had, uh, do you guys plan to open up some kind of a side hustle where you're notarizing people's uh, personal documents? Could make a little extra money because you you can charge for that. You guys are both in the Tulsa Metro. (laughs) I'm just saying there's a business opportunity I feel there <laughs> on the side. I don't know well, that I would. Like maybe if you were like, hey, I need this notarized, I probably would do it for you. But I don't know that I'm going to you know, like hang out a shingle or anything. <laughs> I mean, maybe you know, two to five dollars a signature. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if Alicia yeah. stopped calling us to do things. <laughs> <that's not> <laughs> and yet you still answer. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that was not a challenge <laughs> to not answer when I call. Well, yeah. <laughs> thank you ladies so much for sharing your time with us this morning. And thank you for yeah. um, making sure others can vote. That's awesome. Yeah, yep. we appreciate your time too. Thanks. Thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. This morning, we're joined by Sharon Reese, who uh, works out in Shawnee. Good morning, Sharon. Good morning. And we are also joined by Victor Gonzalez, who's out up or up in Stillwater. Victor, how are you? Great. How are you? Good. Good. Um, so we wanted to visit a little bit with it being an election year about um, the PAC process for OEA. Alicia, can you give us a kind of an overview for folks who aren't familiar with FCPE? 
Yes, FCPE is our Fund for Children in Public Education, or what we call our PAC. None of our dues dollars go to support candidates' election process mm-hmm. and, and that sort of thing that our members give over and above their dues to our Fund for Children in Public Education. And then um, those donors, then when there is an election coming up that um, that the PAC wants to um, get involved with, we have an interview team mm-hmm. of donors from that area. Mm-hmm. We try to get them first. And if they can't do it, then we go to surrounding areas and um, our PAC board and steering committees. And um, we have at least three people, uh, donors to the PAC, mm-hmm. interview a candidate and um, make recommendations. So Sharon and Victor, you guys both have participated in um, in that process. So um, Sharon, let's start with you. What um, What is that experience like being part of an interview team? Can you kind of walk us through what um, the members who are donors what what you guys do as part of that? Well, we have a set group of questions that we ask every candidate, and we try to um, word them exactly as they are on our information sheet so that each candidate gets a fair opportunity to answer each question. Mm-hmm. And the questions usually are um, kind of start with get-to-know-you type questions, um, and then we kind of dive a little bit deeper and tell us how you feel about public education, tell you tell us what you feel are some of the strengths and um, things that we can work on in public education. Mm-hmm. We ask them how their campaign's going, uh, if they are door knocking. Uh, this has been a really weird year for them with fundraising. Oh, sure. So yeah. they've had to yeah. be kind of creative. Um, texting, we have found out from the candidates, has been um, a pretty popular way to reach out to their constituents. Mm. We ask them specific questions about things that are on our legislative agenda that get looked at every year with our legislative committee. Twice a year they meet and discuss it. And um, it's been questions. They're not easy questions either about what they think about vouchers and charter schools, Mm -hmm. if they would protect our right to continue to payroll deduct our association dues. We ask them, um, trying to think of some of the other pointed questions that we ask, but right now I can't think of the other ones. Those are the main ones that we we happen to ask them. And it's a really great, great conversation that we get to have with them. And a lot of times we find that our candidates will ask us questions. Oh, yeah. Which is a really great way to build our relationship with them. So, Victor, what's the process been like for you? What's your impression of doing those interviews? Well, I thought it was a real good way to get to know our candidates and to basically ask those questions as far as seeing how they support or don't support public education. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the biggest thing is just it's a really good way to get to know them. I mean, I knew the representative that we had that came in. Uh-huh. And so we had those conversations. I know his wife and his son and everybody that I teach with the, within. Um, so, I mean, it was a good get to know you thing. Um, it was also good to have to help build that relationship with, between everybody else that was in on the call. Yeah. Um, and just really getting him to explain where he's coming from on most of his ideas. Okay. So I, so something that you, that you brought up made me think of this. So, so somehow 
you know, they'll say whether how they support or don't support public ed. Do you ever feel like people are giving you the answer that you want to hear? Or do you think that people are that they I mean, because it's pretty it's it's got to take some guts to say to a, a pack interview team like, you know, I I don't feel the way you feel. Do you think that people are honest in those interviews or do you think there's some is there some schmarminess? I'm just so curious. <laughs> um. I believe there could be, but you can usually point out those people. I mean, you yeah. can tell yeah. in the infliction in their voice as far as how dedicated they are to what they are actually saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure that could obviously happen. I mean, somebody could just be giving me the answers that I want. But a lot of times those people who are strong charter school or char- strong uh, virtual school representatives – they won't even come and interview with us. It's like pleading That's the what fifth. Our experience has been, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sharon, yeah. I think they're pretty. I think they're pretty honest. Yeah, and the ones that I've done so far, that they will even say this may not be a popular answer, yeah. but at least they're not playing the game. Right, right. They're being honest and telling us what they think, so we kind of know what we're getting into. You know, I, I mean, I'm sure that seeing them, you know. Even even I know you guys have been doing interviews virtually. Just seeing their faces has – it's just a whole different thing than if you were just to mail them a survey or just to um, even ask them, you know, on social media or that kind of thing. It seems like you would get a, a closer, like, a closer view of what they really think or how they really are responding. Yeah, you can get a better read yeah. because we do send out right. and ask people to fill out surveys. Right. Right, and you you will find most of the time the survey answers and their in person answers are consistent, and so that's yeah. good to know. That's true. So some people think that um, that that we are going beyond education. What what types? You know, Sharon talked about the the question. Do we ask anything beyond public education uh, policy issues? No, we stick to education policy issues. We are asking them things that uh, we are basically a special interest group, let's be honest, and we education, public education, protecting public education is really our number one priority and what we are tasked with doing. Yep. And Uh, is that a, is that a Republican or a Democrats or independents who has the, um, who has a stronghold on supporting public education? Do we only support one side or the other? Absolutely not. Edu- not. Education is not a, a Republican or a Democrat or an independent issue. It's an everybody issue. And yeah. there's that myth out yeah. there that OEA only backs Democratic candidates. And people don't understand that our membership is almost equal, 50-50 yeah. Republican and Democrat. And I can tell you that most of the interviews that I've been on have been Republican. And I won't. That would be the same here. Yes. Yeah, I won't out either of you, but one of you is a Republican and one is a Democrat. So, <laughs> um, so we have an equal voice even on this podcast. So that's what we're all about at OEA. <laughs> yeah. So it's equality. What What would you um, tell to members um, or respond to? You know, well, I'm I'm an educator. Politics isn't my jam. Um, I. That's really not for me. Like, why Why is politics part of education? 
we are our legislators and our elected officials are making our laws and they're making our education policy. Mm-hmm. And you have to have a say in that. Yeah. And they will, whether you like it or not, and whether you dislike or like politics, that's what we have to live with. Right. So it's our responsibility to go out and make a relationship with these edu- these legislators so that we can um, educate them on education issues. They have hundreds and thousands of pages that come their way every mm-hmm. legislative session, mm-hmm. and they can't know all the nuances of how this might impact public education. So it's our job to foster that relationship, and whether you like the process or not of politics, if you are involved in it, whether you like it or not, you mm-hmm. have to live by what the candidates and the legislatures, legislators do and the elected officials. So I, long time ago, I had someone make a comment, if you don't have a seat at the table, you're on the menu. Yep. And I know that I want to have a seat at the table. <laughs> right. What about you, yeah, Victor? Nobody wants to be uh, on the menu. Uh, <laughs> she's basically right. I mean, if we don't make sure that we have people that are on our side because they're making the decisions on how education is funded and their only experience is what they experienced in public education if they went to public education or if they didn't, we need to enlighten them on the broader concept. Just what they know is not exactly how it. Sure. What they think it is isn't really what it is. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, we we only have our own you know experiences and perspective, and not everybody is an educator. So yeah. Yeah. So we know. I mean, you guys are both on here, and you've done PAC interviews, and the the way to to get on a PAC team is to donate to the the OEA Fund for Children in Public Education. Why do you right. why do you donate above your dues dollars into that fund? Why is that important to you? I don't even look at it as a donation. I look at it that I'm investing in our Fund for Children in Public Education. And it's important that we have our Fund for Children in Public Education so that we can show to these pe- these candidates that put themselves out there, and we have to respect that, and we can do that by making a financial contribution to their campaign. And it also says, hey, we believe in you, and we appreciate what you're doing, mm-hmm. and we hope that when you get to the Capitol that you will protect our interest in public education. Victor, why do you give to PAC? Uh, a lot of the same re- I mean, pretty much the same reasons. I mean, I want to make sure that we elect officials that are pro public education, mm-hmm. that I invest in people who are going to be investing in me mm-hmm. as far as in the public education and what I do and not working against us. Um, and the, to me, the small amounts that we do donate, I mean, it makes it may not make that big a difference, but at least it does something as far as showing who we're who we want to represent us right as as individual teachers or support professionals we wouldn't be able to give enough to a candidate to make that much of a difference but when we look at all of our members statewide and pool all of that together that's where we can make a difference and so alicia a question for you how much do you have to donate to be able to participate in interviews? A uh, dollar. I mean, yeah. you you can donate a dollar, a dollar a month. It, it doesn't matter. As long as you are a donor to PAC, mm-hmm. that allows you to be uh, a 
a full participant in all of the PAC activities that we do. And you can donate to PAC at okea.org slash FCPE, stands for Fund for Children in Public Education. So thank you so much, Sharon and Victor. We appreciate uh, your time and we appreciate you guys uh, grilling our future lawmakers. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you both. And welcome to Alicia's Morning Announcements. So we have some things to be on the lookout for. Be on the lookout for information on our Summer 2020 Conference uh, that will be held virtually July, uh, sorry, that will be held virtually July 13th through 17th. There. Numbers are important in some people's world. (laughs) Um, So make sure that you... uh, Look at the website, read your emails. We'll be putting out lots of information on it. We uh, are in the planning stages. We have uh, breakout sessions on trauma, racial and social justice, educator voice and educator quality. That's mm-hmm. um, for certified and support professionals. And no matter where you are on the career continuum, mm-hmm. uh, we have sessions specifically designed for early career educators and ESP our support professionals, and for leadership and association issues. So if there is uh, a breakout session, we've got it planned for you. It is going to be quite a conference. You know, usually we only get a day of learning with our summer leadership. We have five whole days. And it's PD you actually want to go to. Right? (laughs) Timely, relevant. Yeah. Um, not boring, even though we're going to be doing it on, you know, Zoom platform, yeah. it, we will make it interactive. Yeah. But you can still wear sweatpants. But should you wear sweatpants? <laughs> that is a different question. Yes. <laughs> should. So, um, uh, also many of you took our comeback safely survey, uh, June 1st through 9th. And we will be rolling the results out of the, uh, from that survey. Almost 3,000 people took that survey. So it's super interesting. Um, compared to the budget survey that uh, barely 100 people take. It's within the budget well. <laughs> survey is not everybody's jam. <laughs> so, um, so make sure you are looking uh, for information on that. We do have a web page set aside for that don't we when when it oh um, yeah it'll be back okay.org slash come back safely we'll have all of that all the graphs and charts and info it's really interesting and because so many people participated it's just such a good sample size of the state i'm really excited to release all that yeah from every corners of the state and every job classification Mm -hmm. within public ed is fantastic um and the last thing i want to talk to you about uh to be on the lookout for is our election guide Maybe you know that there is an election, primary election plus a state question on the ballot. What? Yes. When? June 30th. (laughs) And um, we know that uh, we heard yesterday 87,000 people have signed up to get absentee ballots. Holy smokes. So um, people are already. It's like a football game. Yes. And they have until June 23rd to request a ballot. Although I wouldn't wait to that last minute because you got to send it back in. Um, And and you heard earlier on the podcast about the importance of uh, having notaries available. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so 
back to the election guide, though. Yes. I know, Carrie, that you are uh, putting that together. And yeah. are, are we telling people how to vote? No, no, no. Um, thank you for asking that because I think that's a misconception because um, it's something that the legislative team and the communications team have worked on together. Um, we put out surveys to all of the candidates and um, asking them of just about their key sort of core beliefs about different things in education we care about. And it's all in the guide and um, there are little summaries. And then also we have a huge extended uh, document where you can read everybody's full answers because some people really go in depth about how they feel about different education issues. So that is fantastic. Yeah. And you can see their faces and their like their jobs, their towns, their websites. So all that stuff is in there. And some of them may have a star next to them because yes, they the are pack. an OEA child fund for children and public education recommended candidate. Yes, this that brings up a good point. So our election guide is behind the wall on our website because um, that is information that's only for members is um, our members contribute to that pack like we have talked about several times and and go through the interview process with candidates and select folks that you guys want to recommend. And then um, that information is for our members. And so that will be behind the wall. So if you um, have trouble uh, signing in, just go ahead and reach out to um, you can reach out there on the website and get your password reset and all that good stuff to check it out. Cause it's really like, it's really comprehensive for the whole state. And also there are a ton of, a lo of local elections. I mean, dozens and dozens of school board elections, um, maybe five or so bond elections coming up in June. So, I mean, everybody, huge election yes, day. everybody, regardless of party, um, has something on the ballot with state questionator too, but also, uh, Senate candidates, and there's corporation commission for uh, Republican primary across the whole state. So there's there's something on everybody's ballot. We got a GOTV. Get out the vote. Yes. Absolutely. Well, thank you for joining us today on Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernall Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Alicia Priest, president of the OEA. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Fried Okra on Apple Podcasts. If you have another platform you would like to see on to see Fried Okra on, or if you have any other questions, reach out to the Fried Okra Podcast at gmail.com. Fried Okra Podcast at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us again next week. Until then, keep fighting the good fight for public education.